Today I want to talk to you for a few minutes uh, about, about God is building His church. Matthew chapter 16 this morning. And it says there in verse 13, it says, And when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Jesus said, I will build my church. Now, I was brought up in a church that I was taught in that church that when Jesus said that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church, that they actually meant and they believed that the rock, and they taught me that that rock that Jesus was talking about was Peter. So I was raised up in a church that believed that Peter was the rock that the church was built on. And I believe today still there's about a billion people who still believe that Jesus was talking about Peter when he said that he would build his church on this rock. But he wasn't. Amen. Amen. Jesus said that he would build his church. And the rock that Jesus said he was going to build his church on was not Peter. Thank God. It was him. It was Jesus. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 22 says this. And he, Jesus, put all things under his, Jesus' feet, and gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church, which is his, Jesus' body, and the fullness of him, Jesus, whom fits all in all. Now, if you're ever in any doubt that it's Jesus' church, that's your scripture there, amen? The church is Jesus's. The church belongs to Jesus. The church is His body. The church is built on a rock, on a foundation. And that rock is Jesus, not Peter or anybody else. It's Jesus, amen? You see, establishing ownership of something is so important, isn't it? Ownership dictates responsibility, doesn't it? It dictates behavior. And did you ever hear the saying, my house, my rules? Or maybe that was just me growing up. It was, it was my house, my rules. And my house, my rules dictates that you'll do whatever I want you to do in my house. And the church being built on Jesus, it means his house, his rules. Amen? Yes. It doesn't mean my rules. You know, I was not given liberty, nor nobody else was given liberty in the building of the church to decide what way they built the church themselves. It's his house, his rules, amen? You see, if we start making this thing about ourselves, then it ceases to become his church. It now becomes our church, my church. It becomes my church, my rules. But Jesus said that he would build his house, amen? And for me to decide that, that I was going to build my church, then it wouldn't be his church. Amen? It's, it's his house. It's his church. See, when I built my house, I employed, I went out and employed a lot of builders. A lot of different people to do all the different work. 
But when they came in to build my house on my site, they had to follow my plans. They weren't given liberality to decide that, you know what, I see your plans, it's a nice house, you know, it really is nice, but I, I don't like it. I, I prefer to build something like this. They didn't have that liberality, did they? I would have fired them straight away, and I wouldn't have paid them. And we don't have any liberality given to us by God to build our house in this church. It's His church. Amen? It's His rules. We have to build this church according to His rules, according to His plans. Our job as a church is to build a Bible-believing, Christ-centered, compassionate, accepting, family-oriented, worshipping, non-judgmental, generous, life-giving, spirit-filled, relationship-building, outreaching, relevant church for our whole community. That's our job. And we will not apologize for that. And we're not content with where we are, but building a church that is advancing, it's breaking down strongholds that for way too long have held our families, our neighbors, our workmates, our friends in bondage. That's our job, to break down those strongholds. Amen? That's what Jesus commissioned us to do when he said to us in Mark 16 and verse 15. He said, we are to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We as a church were commissioned to go. The church is not a, a, a dead organization. It's not an organization that gets to a certain place and then decides that that's good enough for us. The church has to be active. It has, like Church is, is, is an action word. It's not a dead word. It's an action word. We have to be active in taking this good news, this gospel that Jesus Christ gave us into the whole communities all around us. That's our commission. Amen? Go. Go into all the world. We have to be a, a church that's more outward-looking than inward-looking. We can't be always focused on ourselves. We have to be focused on the ones who are not here. God is building His church. And He's using people like you and me. We are God's builders, co-laboring with Jesus in the building of His church. Isn't that an amazing privilege? That's an amazing privilege. Like, I mean, when I was building my house, I gave it my all. I put everything that I had to give into building my house. Everything that I could afford to put into it, I did. When I built my house, I built it for my family. So that they could be comfortable. So that they could be safe. So that they could be provided for. They'd have a roof over their heads. They had a place that they would be loved and kept warm. And that's our job. Amen? I built a house so that when I brought my friends or my family into my house or invite a guest into my house that they could come into a place that was safe. I didn't build a house so that I could bring people in to judge them. I didn't build a house so that I could line my neighbors up and one by one tell them every fault that they had and where they were going wrong. I didn't build a house of condemnation. I built a house of love. A house where, where it was a compassionate house where people were welcome to come. And that's the kind of house that God wants to build. Amen. Amen? That's the kind of house that we want to build. See, we can never forget that the local church is the hope of the world. It's the hope of the world, amen? You're sitting in the place that is the hope of the world. This church is the hope for Enniscorthy, for Bunclody, for Gorey, for, for Wexford, for New Ross, for Ross there, for this whole county, this church is the hope. Amen? This church is. And other churches that preach the gospel too. 
This church is the hub. You know, I thank God for our government. I, I really do. No matter what shape or form it comes in, whether I agree with all our policies or not, I thank God for them. But I thank God for them knowing that our government is not the hope of this nation. Thank God. Our government is not the hope of every man, woman, and child in this nation. Jesus is. Amen. The church is. The government, they'll never fix every issue or problem that people have. They'll put sticky plasters over stuff. The only one that can fix them is Jesus in the church. Amen? He'll do that through his church. The primary purpose of the church is to bring the truth to the whole world. And what's the truth? Jesus Christ. He's the truth. That's our job. Amen? 1 Timothy 3 and verse 15 said, If I'm delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the foundation of truth. Amen. The church is the household of God, and Timothy described it as the pillar and the foundation of truth. The pillar and the foundation of truth. If you want truth, don't go to Sky News or BBC or RTE. CNN or anything like that, you'll only find a form of truth there. If you want to know the truth, it's here. The church. Amen? It's, it's the pillar of the truth. Proverbs 18 and verse 10, it says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. See, the church has to be a safe place. The name of God is lifted up in the church and salvation through Jesus is preached in the church. It's a safe place, amen? Yeah. Strong tower. Strong tower. I mean, the church that Jesus built wasn't a flimsy church, amen? It wasn't a fly-by-night church. I mean, the best efforts of the strongest um, um, empire in the world at the time, the Roman Empire, couldn't destroy the church. I mean, every time that they tried to destroy it, it was like throwing petrol on it. It, it, it ignited it even more. Amen? The church is a strong tower. But one of the greatest shames of the established church in Ireland over the last century has been that people have come to see the church as something to be avoided rather than the house of God. And that's a shame. We have a whole generation growing up all around us that see the established church as some place to be avoided rather than a place of refuge or freedom. Or salvation. And we have to change that. Amen. We have an opportunity to change that. Change the way people perceive and look at the church. We can do that. Amen. Amen. We can see the mistakes that past churches have made and we can rectify them. I mean the church is not meant to be a place that points the finger. Amen. Glory to God. Time passed the local church used to be at the very heart of every community. It used to be a place where people would come in and connect with God and connect with like-minded people. And we want to see that day again. Amen? Isaiah 56 says in verse 7, it says, For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Jesus' house, the church, is to be a church for all nations, all peoples. Listen, we're not building a church here for white Irish people. We're not building a church here for any ethnicity or any color or any race. We're building a church here for everyone. All nations, all colors, all languages. We're building a church for everyone. Amen? A universal church 
for everyone, where it's Jesus Christ at the very center. And salvation in Him and Him alone is the central message. Amen? I love the way God describes His church as a house. In so many people's minds, the church sounds like a cold and uninviting place, but a home, it really sounds warm and inviting, doesn't it? Like yesterday in our home, because of the storm, I mean, we lit the fire early. We lit it about 2 o'clock, and I mean, we didn't move for the day. It was kind of like from the sitting room to the kitchen and back again. That was, it was a warm home. It was a welcoming home yesterday. We didn't want to leave. It was too warm. That's the kind of church that we need to create, amen? A church that's welcoming to people. I mean, a church that brings people in from the cold. It brings people in from the wet. It brings people in whom the enemy has, has attacked and who has abused for years. And it brings them in in their abused state. Warms them up. Gives them dry clothes. Loves on them. Makes them comfortable. Because that's the kind of church that God is talking about when he described his church as a home. This is a home. When we come into this church on Sunday morning, it's a home. Oh, it's not always warm when we come into it, and it cools down as well. <laughs> but it's a home. Amen? This is a home. You're welcome in this home. Amen? God is building his home, and it's a home where everyone is welcome. You know, the church is not meant to be a private members club where only the most exclusive VIPs can enter. No, the house of God is a home open for everyone. Isn't that good news? Have you ever been in a place before? I, I, I see it all the time when I'm going through the airport. You know the way they have the airport lounges that are only there for people who've, who have, I don't know, however many points or stuff or they have a gold master card or some stuff like that. I don't know. Or they've paid an exorbitant amount of money to go and, and sit in a private lounge. And, and you're not welcome there if you're not a member. Church is not meant to be like that. Amen. Amen? Church is meant to be a place where everyone is welcome. Whether they're good people or considered bad people. Whether they're nice people or not nice people. They're welcome in the house of God. Amen? But unity has to be at the very heart of God's church. Amen? Mark chapter 3, it says there in verse 25, and it says, And if a house is divided against itself... That house cannot stand. And a church that's divided against itself cannot do what God designed that church to do. There is no power when there's division. Power only comes in unity. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 9 says, For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. God is building His church. And we get to be a part of it here in Enniscorthy. But here's the thing. God is using people like you and me, imperfect people, praise God, to build His church. But this church will never be what God created it to be if we don't have unity in the home. You know yourself. You all know yourself. If there's uh, disunity in your own home, if there's arguments and strife in your own home, it's not a nice place to be, is it? It's not a nice place for kids to be raised in a home where there's constant strife and argument between parents. It's not nice. It's not nice. And the same goes for the church. The church has to be unified, amen? We have to 
put our personal ambitions aside and we have to allow God to do what He's doing. Amen. God is building His house. He's building His home. He's building His church. Psalms 127, it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. We've got to let God to do His work, don't we? Amen. Got to let Him do His work. I don't want us to be trying to build something in our own strength. Because if God is not in it, we're wasting our time. He has to be in it. In every decision we make, He has to be in it. In everything that we do, we have to have a biblical precedence for why we do it. If we do it out of our own strength, then we're wrong. Every time. We have to have a biblical precedent for everything we do, every decision we make. Amen. You see, our world is full of influences for destruction. We have to become a church that is influencing our communities, influencing them for good. I mean, you don't have to go far outside of the doors of this church to find stuff that will influence you for destruction. Our, our youth, they're growing up in a world, our kids are growing up in a world that, that's a, a bad influence on them. I mean, if, if we had had the stuff that our kids have today and see the stuff that our kids see today back in the 80s, I mean, praise God, it would have been considered child abuse. But it's considered normal today. We have to become a place that is influencing, not being influenced. Amen? Our kids... We're trying to raise them in a way that they're influencers, not being influenced. We're training our kids up to be kids that will go out into these destructive circumstances and situations and be salt and light to their friends. And where will we do that? We'll do that together. We'll do it as a family together. Amen. We'll train them up in the way that they should go. Amen. That's our job. Amen. God wants His church to grow. He wants this church to grow. So that more people get saved, more people get set free, marriages get restored, people get healed. That's the job of the church, amen? He doesn't want to grow the church so that we'll get all puffed up and think we're all great, look at us. No. He wants to grow the church so more people get saved. Amen? That's what it's all about. It's about more people getting saved. And when the church grows, the gates of hell will get defeated. We'll get them broke down. Amen. He said, I'll build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. If Jesus is building his church, the gates of hell, they're getting broken down. Amen. Too many churches are afraid of the gates of hell. Too many churches see the opposition in their town, in their cities, and they go, whoa. Let's just keep our heads down. We don't want to attract any of that kind of stuff on us. We don't want to ruffle any feathers. You know, We want to just have our church in, in peace. We don't want anyone coming against us or attacking us. That's so wrong, amen? The church is meant to be aggressive. The Word of God says that the kingdom of God suffers violence and violent men take it by force. For years I always thought that that was, uh, that was a negative verse until I realized that's positive. We are meant to be the violent people in that story and we're meant to take the kingdom of God by force into our communities. Amen? I mean, how else do gates get broke down? Gates don't get broke down by you standing and looking at them and saying, please, gate, would you fall? 
Gates get broken down by force. Amen? You get the ram raid and you break them down. And that's how we'll win our communities. When we go into, like Star Trek, boldly go where no man has gone before or no church has gone before. We have to be ready to go boldly where no church has gone before. You know, churches are wondering, you know, you know what they're doing? Let me let you in on a secret. You know what they're doing? They're praying, Lord, send revival. Lord, revive our town. Send revival. in. Lord, if you loved our town, you'd send revival. God is saying, no, I sent you. He said, you go into all the world and preach the gospel. And what our churches are doing is saying, Lord, you do it. You send revival. You know when we'll see revival? When we go. Amen. Because God is not up there thinking, you know, you know what, I, 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 like, I, I, I like this place better than I like that place, so I'm going to send revival there. I'm not going to send it there. I don't really like them. God doesn't do that, amen? Amen. amen? amen. He doesn't do that. You know, you see different countries around the world where the gospel is, is being preached and has been advanced. It's because people have taken the gospel and they've gone forcefully against the gates of Hades. Yeah, that's right. Amen? They haven't stood there at the gates and said, Lord, send revival to break down these gates. No. He sent us. He sent you and me. We're his builders. Amen. We're his builders. Imagine if, if I had paid my builders 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, whatever, to build my house. But day after day, I came back and their blocks were still there. The cement was there. Everything they needed was there. And the builders were just standing around praying. Lord, send in someone to build this house. <laughs> I'd fire them. Because <laughs> I paid them to do it. I commissioned them to do it. But this is what happens in too many churches. They have been given all the building blocks by God, but yet they're sending God, send in something. Lord, send in someone to build it. Lord, you do it. And I mean, Jesus must be insulted. He must be insulted. Because he did everything that we ever need him to do. He said, it is finished. And by us saying to God, Lord, send revival, we're basically saying what you sent in the first place, Jesus wasn't good enough. I need you to send Jesus Mark 2. Maybe he'd be better. That's the truth. That's the, that's the plain truth. That's, that's hard. I know it is. It's hard for me. But he sent us. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. I've given you enough now. I've spent long enough with you. I've done enough for you. Go. Go and do what I told you to do. Amen? And that's when the church will grow. That's when we start seeing people get saved. That's when we see the strongholds in Enniscorthy and Wexford and, and this nation get broke down when more people rise up and say, hey, listen, I'm going to take this gospel to where it hasn't been taken before because that's what Jesus commissioned me to do. Amen? Amen. When people come against the church, they don't come against me. They don't come against me. Someone comes against the church, they're not coming against me, they're not coming against anybody in the church, they're coming against the one who shed his blood for the church, Jesus Christ. Because this is not my church. So if you're disgruntled with this church, or you're disgruntled with, with something that's said in this church, you're not coming against me. You're not coming against anybody else in the church, you're coming against Jesus. That's why I can't understand why people come against the church. I mean, why would you? It's not my church. Amen? It's His. This church is the bride of Christ. Amen? It's the bride of Christ. It's Jesus' perfect bride. And I tell you, before I got married and even now, no one comes against my bride. 
Amen. And I know every one of you husbands in here, you're the same. No one comes against your bride. And if you're smart too, you wouldn't come against God's bride. Amen. Amen. A live church, it's not my platform. It's not a place for me to get my message out. You don't want to hear what I have to say. Truthfully, you don't. You know, a live church is the place where we get a chance to make Jesus bigger. If I ever start to make myself bigger, if I ever try to promote myself as being something great, someone please tap me on the shoulder and take me down. Because that's not my job. My job is to lift his name higher. Amen? It's to exalt his name over Enniscorthy, over Wexford, over this nation. That's my job. Not to make me any special or big. It's, it's to make him bigger. Amen? Matthew 18, it says there in verse 20, it says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am among them. You know, the church is not a building. No. The church is where two or three gather, gather together in Jesus' name. The word there we know as church in the Greek is, is the word ekklesia, which doesn't mean a building. It means a bunch of called out people on mission for God. That's what we are. We're a bunch of called out people on mission for God. God is building his church in you and me, in us, as a movement here in Enniscorthy called Alive Church. A few years ago, I had a really good pastor friend who had a fantastic church. It was probably one of the best churches in the country at the time. They had a great size membership and they'd been around for years. But they were going through a tough time. There was a lot of disunity in the church. And because of the disunity in the church, people had stopped giving and they had fallen behind in their rent payments for their building. And one Sunday, completely out of the blue, he stood up in the congregation at the end of the service and he said, this is the last service we're closing down as of right here and right now. He shut the doors. Was it the right thing to do? Absolutely not. What went wrong? They lost sight that the church is not, not a building. That the church wasn't theirs in the first place. It was purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. The church belongs to Jesus. And it's his body. And that if he's in it, he'll build it. He'll provide for it. If he's in it. We can never forget Acts 20 and verse 28 that tells us that we need to take heed to ourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which is purchased by his own blood. The church was established, this church was established and purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. Not me. It's all about Jesus. That's what I try to remind myself every time I think about a live church, that this church was established, formed, purchased by, and upheld by Jesus Christ. And if we do that, this church will prosper. This church will grow. This church will influence. This church won't just influence Enniscorthy and around, it'll influence the nation. And that's what we plan to do as God is building his church. Amen?